Good afternoon, good evening, good night. How's everybody doing out there? This is your boy Isaac, a.k.a. the finisher, the host of The Den. Glad to have you for another episode of The Den. How's everybody week been, man? I hope everybody's doing fine. I hope you guys have been productive. And I'm just hoping you guys take some time off for yourself, get some rest, and do some things that you want to do. But we got a very special show today. We have a young lady here. She is the CEO of Schroeder Real Estate Group, realtor, and with her husband, Tony. Um, She also describes herself as being a coach, a speaker, a marketer, a strategist, a realtor. And she is the author of the new book, Out of the Box. Denise, she kind of views herself as somebody that has gone from being broken to the barrier breaking. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you Miss Denise Schroeder. How you doing, Denise? Hello, Hello Isaac. I'm so <laughs> I'm so happy to be here tonight. I am so happy to have you. How's how's your week been so far? It's been amazing so far, and it's been crazy as usual. I don't really have weekends, so <laughs> everyone else is just starting their week, and I'm, I'm actually just continuing, you know, my 365 in real estate, but no complaints. No complaints. So um, let, our, let our guests know uh, just a little bit about you before we get going here. Well, I have five grown kids. I am an empty nester. And my husband and I just celebrated 10 years doing real estate together. All right, yeah. That's exciting that we were able to survive 10 years of being business partners and (laughs) and staying married. (laughs) That's um, that's worth mentioning, I think, in itself. Yes. And uh, we kind of live and breathe real estate. Um, I didn't start doing real estate till I was 39, so I've kind of felt like I had to catch up because I didn't step into my calling until I was 39 years old. And so um, I put a lot of immense pressure on myself to achieve a lot in a short amount of time for just some personal reasons and experiences that kind of gave me a paradigm shift that we don't know. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. And we, exactly. We don't know if we have tomorrow. So um, my mom had died. Um, I'm 49. And my mom got misdiagnosed when she was 49 with a hernia, and she actually had stage 3 colon cancer. And they went in to do a surgery to take a tumor out, and the doctor says, oh, it's encapsulated. She doesn't even have to do preventative chemo. Well, he was in a hurry to get to a college football game and left perforations all throughout her colon, and she died a few months later right after she turned 50. And so it has really changed my life and my perspective in – just a paramount way that I, I can't even describe to you in, in how I try to not sweat the small stuff and, you know, the saying, live like you're dying. I mean, I actually really try to. I really am intentional to do that every day. So the new world of real estate, what has it been like to be a partner with your husband and being able to make that separation, the business from being the wife and being the partner. What, what is that like? 
I think it's a big struggle for, for couples that work together because it's really easy, especially when you are busy, you have a lot of business, and then you also love what you do. So the business can kind of swallow your relationship if you allow it. So you really have to be intentional in having date nights and promising, you know, do the big pinky promise. Um, you're not going to talk about real estate because it's so <laughs> easy to do. And we say that we get five minutes in and we're already talking about, you know, some fire we, we had to put out or need to put out. But it's really hard. You have to be very intentional when you don't want your business relationship to cloud why you were together in the first place, which is being husband and wife. So, you know, it sounds like you're just working seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You got the real estate issues that you're dealing with, you know, as a partner with your husband. And then you have to make that separation of being a wife away from the real estate. And sometimes, you know, the business can get in the way. So you got your work cut out for you. But 10 years, I most definitely commend you just for oh, just for being able to, you know, that's that's 10 years. I think that's the. Once you make 10 years, I think you'll be all right. You know what I'm saying? I like your mindset. I, I mean, <laughs> I you know, that. if, you know, marriage is, is totally separate from business. And, and you said something that was key, it was paranoid. You, you, have to, you have to make that separation and you have to keep working into your marriage. And you talked about those date nights and, and just having many conversations and just being able to still make each other smile and still because... Being business partners, I'm quite sure it's times where both of you guys are just not lovable sometimes. <laughs> right. I mean, we have bad days. We have stressful situations, for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's, that's important that you continue to choose to love when you have those situations because marriage and business, man, it, it can cross and it can be really, really ugly. So most definitely, I commend you, you know, for your effort for the 10 years and all that you do, you know, with your family and your business. So tell us. But don't you think a lot of people struggle since COVID especially? You know what? COVID COVID brought the best out of some people and COVID brought the worst out of many people. Um, Many people has had to shift, had to change their mindset. Um, um, a lot, a lot of millionaires were were created during COVID. A lot of people decided to follow many of their dreams and become owners and businesses, start businesses, and just do some things that they love. But you know, um, COVID also created a lot of um, mental health issues, um, alcohol and yeah. substance abuse issues. You know, I live in New York, and everything was closed except for the liquor store. How about that? So, yeah. um, you know, families had to, you know, for once, you know, really have had to deal with each other and their family life. And something for some people, that's very, very difficult. You know, when you when you busy, she's at work, you at work, you coming home, both of you guys trying to deal with the kids, you kiss, you might hug, you go to bed and you get up and do it again. And now your life has been stalled. Now we both here. With the kids, we trying to do homework. You trying to work, he trying to work. The kids is getting on your nerves. It can be. It has been challenging for many, many, many households. So, I I most definitely commend those 
who put their feet to the ground and kept their head up and really put that work and the effort in and made it through, you know, the last four years. And I most definitely commend all families that's been able to do that. Yes. Because it has been, too, a, it's been a struggle for many, many, many people. And, and I want to say this, um, Sometimes you really don't know your partner until you really have to spend a lot of time around them. Because That's true. A yeah. lot of divorces happened during COVID, <laughs> too, because I work in divorce. I'm a family law mediator and have a certification in divorce real estate. And it has <laughs> even quadrupled, you know, people that were pinned together and realized we don't even like each other. We don't even like each other. How about that? We don't even like it. Like, I love you, but I, I don't like you. Yeah, really sad. So so how did you how did how did that come about the law piece? Did, was it something you you did before real estate or something that you just obtained while you was, you know, getting your feet wet and keeping your feet to the ground and trying to get your business off the, off the floor? How did how did I get to what? The law. Oh, the law. Well, I I went through an acrimonious divorce about 20 years ago and spent about $50,000 on a custody battle and so I had a really deep empathy for people going through divorce okay and that's how I came to want to get the certifications and to have more you know high conflict resolution skills because I really need them dealing with these dirty divorces that's that's amazing I, w I really want to commend you for that because you know sometimes personal experiences can push you to things that you didn't think you needed, then you wind up you need it. <laughs> so it's, it's all a learning experience. So, you know, I'm quite sure you see and hear a lot of things that when you look at your personal situation, you look at yourself and you say, you know what, I don't want that. Right. I think you can draw so much from pain and empathy is a beautiful thing. And for me, it just makes me feel like I can make a difference in, in some way. And it's a lot more rewarding to me to be able to kind of walk through the fire with somebody. Cause it's going through divorce is like going through like surgery with no anesthesia. It's, it's just not fun to try to get people through it as unscathed as possible is, is really rewarding at the end of the day. You say going through divorce is like having surgery without no anesthesia. Ouch. Yeah, it's, that hurts. it's painful. I mean, I've seen some really terrible things, and I have to be the neutral party, so that's difficult, too, because my heart wants to side sometimes with one or the other, but I'm being counted on to represent the house and to protect their money and their net um, because oftentimes their house looks like a reflection of their situation, so it's in disarray. And, you know, we had a guy one time, the husband, he had moved out of the house, but he still had keys. He still had control of the thermostat. They had a smart house. And he came in and put feces in all the floor vents and then turned the heater on in the middle of the summer up as high as it would go. And she didn't know where the smell was coming from, thinking there's like a dead bird in, in the walls and starts like cutting through the sheetrock. I mean, we've seen so many like diabolical, neurotic things that people do going through the stress and grief of selling their homes wow that's desperation for you it, it is you know to go to that extent to want to put feces in the air ducts 
Nahimi oh, it's Ducks. just, it's, it's evil. Yes, it is. It is evil. So tell our guests about this book, Thinking Out, what is it, Thinking Out of the Box? It's called Out of the Box. How did that come about? Basically, I wrote it during COVID because, you know, I'm sitting here and um, I felt kind of stirred to to write it for a while. And it's just it's a book about unique marketing approaches that we've been able to use it with social media, with uh, visual storytelling. We've used TV, media, press releases, human interest stories. Uh, we've done content uh, contributor submissions with articles and different things we've done podcast guesting teaching public speaking all of those things um which all stem back to the art of storytelling whether it's video and social media whether it's within all the mediums i just talked about and what kind i just kind of take you behind the black curtain of the things that we've been able to do that have been different that have helped us and i just wanted to share those things with other people so we brought HGTV House Hunters to Oklahoma City for the first time, and our fourth episode is airing November 8th. I just found that out last night, so we've been waiting on this episode to air. So it's finally um, going to be on TV in about two and a half weeks. Really? Wow. Yeah, you'll have to watch it. It's, it's a fantastic women empowerment episode with a lady that was my first client ever. She's an interior designer and event planner, and it's a really spicy, fun episode, and um, I'm excited. It's going to be on HDTV? HGTV on House Hunters, Home and Garden Television. Now, don't tell me you've never heard of HGTV. Yes, I have. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, if you haven't, I'm going to have to educate you here. (laughs) Yes, I have. And Denise, definitely, I'm going to tune in. Most definitely, I'm going to watch that one. Yes, I'll send you you a reminder. Um, Yes, please do. One way that I realized that I really loved the power of storytelling on TV was I wrote into Oprah Winfrey in 99 and was having some hormonal issues after I had a baby. And I had two doctors trying to tell me I had postpartum and I knew that I didn't. And so I just wanted somebody to listen to me because I knew my body better than anyone. And I finally wrote a letter into the Oprah show and I just kind of emotionally dumped and never expected to hear back. And I got a call back in an hour from one of her executive producers and they flew out to my house and did eight hours of filming, just us doing normal things and then flew us to Chicago and, um, I thought I was just going to be like, you know, in the front row and they would pan to me when Oprah directed a question. And the last 10 minutes before we were going to start filming, she said, I want Denise up here with me the entire show, which I was like, what? Wow. So that's kind of how I got started realizing when you're, when you open yourself up to be vulnerable, you can help other people. And that's how we connect to other people. And that for me, God has used, you know, trials I've gone through or failures or mistakes as my biggest educator, not my grave digger. But the way we can be a beacon of hope and a lighthouse to other people is to be vulnerable. And so that wasn't an easy show to talk about, you know, some sensitive content on that show, but it was the highest rated show in 99 or one of them. And then I went back for a follow-up 
And what that showed me was if you're willing to be vulnerable and transparent, you can help a lot of people. It's, it's just that simple. Exactly. And, you know, vulnerability, many of us, we avoid that because it, it creates um, a painful space, you know, that many times we're not ready to deal with. Unfortunately, sometimes you have to de- you have to be able to deal with that vulnerability in order to move forward and heal. And and you know, healing the healing process is a lifelong process. It's just not you know you're going to deal with one issue and it's going to be okay. You know, it's many factors to healing, and healing is an everyday occurrence. You know, whether you know you like it or not, and going through that process, there are always going to be some vulnerability. So I want to commend you for um just being brave enough to be able to do that for yourself and begin your process moving forward it's a continual process because you can allow the hurt unhealed parts of you to hurt other people you know if you don't heal those things you just continually carry the baggage to your next relationship or next situation so therapy's been really important in my life just you know, always focusing on being better and, you know, being the best version of myself that I can. You know, I always say hurt people hurt people. And um, that's as true as it, as it gets because many times, you know, we feel like hurting people is a comfort zone. And it's really not. It's really not. And the healing process is also a hurtful process. Like you said, you know, through therapy and through being able to continue to be vulnerable, it's a lifelong process. And I just want to, you know, I just want once again, I want to commend you for that. And for our audience, you know, it's okay to go get therapy. It's okay to develop a healthy network, a social network. It's okay to not be okay when you when you not do not want to be okay. So, um, you know, we all go through that process. We all have our own um, experiences with hurt and pain. And Denise, I'm telling you, man, it sounds like um, you have a very incredible story, you know, outside the lines of just what you do right now. And once again, I want to commend you for that. Well, sometimes you can't rescue yourself, but there's people around you that can help. You know, you just have to kind of give up pride and ask for help because I think that that's easier said than done for a lot of people, especially in abusive situations and and things, because I was one of those people that didn't want to share what was going on behind closed doors because I was ashamed and humiliated. So it was much easier for me to just try to figure it out on my own. But you get to a point where you're like, I'm going to throw a life raft. Somebody, somebody's going to help me. Right. If you can't, if you don't have it within yourself, you can evaluate your life and build a tribe around you or get people around you that are strong and that will hold your feet to the fire. And that's what I had to do. I most definitely been there. So, Denise, for our audience, if you had one good piece of advice that you can give to our audience, what would it be? I think the most amazing things of happened to me on the other side of sheer terror and we cannot become like what we want to be by remaining what we are and so I think that taking like an autopsy on your life and really looking at your at yourself really introspectively 
and analyze your soundtrack. To me, I had a very negative soundtrack. I had people around me that told me I wasn't worth it. No one would ever love me. I would never make it. Um, I didn't have what it takes. And I got to a place where I really stopped and evaluated my life. And, you know, the five people that we hang around the most are the, are the ones we're most like. And so I was intentional about finding people that were much more successful than me and that had attributes and aspirations and accountability. They would encourage me, but they would also hold my feet to the fire to be the first to put pom-poms, you know, up and cheer for me, but the first to say, but you said you were going to do this and this was your goal. You know, you've got to have people around you to give permission to be straight with you. And so I did that and I've become very unapologetic and non-negotiable to being me. I don't shrink to places that I've outgrown anymore and I don't dim my light. Instead, I put shades, I put sunglasses on top of my head every day and it reminds me, to, you know, mentality. I don't dim my light. I hand out shades because I lived in such a censored existence for so long inside someone else's box. That's, you know, my title of my book has two meanings. I kind of lived inside, I lost my identity and lived inside someone else's box. And then I've always had out of the box thinking, but I don't think that we're, it's ever too late to take the leap of faith. I was 39. I don't think there's ever there's not a dream too big and there's no dreamer too small. So I just encourage everyone, no matter what you're doing, if you're just trying to recharge your life, refresh your business, or you're trying to take a new idea to fruition, to step out of the comfort zone. There was a story I heard one time where they talked about when you get past, when you get close to your border patrol, where you're getting ready to get out of your comfort zone, the alarms go off. And you hear the alarms and they're really high pitched. And I had a coach that used to tell me, don't be afraid when you hear those alarms, be afraid when you don't. Like when you're never doing anything to push yourself or evolve. Like, so you have to learn to crave the border patrol alarms because that's the only way we're going to grow and evolve. And, you know, I've really, it's always stuck with me. Well, you heard it first Ladies and gentlemen, from Broken to Barrier Breaker, CEO of the Schroeder Real Estate Group with her husband, Tony, author of the new book, Out of the Box, Ms. Denise Schroeder, thank you once again for coming and hanging out with your boy, Isaac. You could have been anywhere in the world doing anything. You could have been on a business deal. You could have even been selling your house. But for you to take time out to come spend a few minutes with me, I most definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much. And tell our audience how they can get in contact with you and let them know about the show in, what is it, November? Yes. So tune in. You can go to your DVR and um, look for House Hunters on November 8th. And I'm not sure what time it would be on in your time zone. Just look for that House Hunters. And I'm on Instagram, Denise Sells Oklahoma. I would love to connect with you. Um, and then my book is on Amazon. It's called Out of the Box by Denise Schroeder. It's super easy to find. And I would love honest feedback. You can read the first chapters, first three chapters for free. So, but I would love to hear from everyone that listens. I love connecting with people and, and um, networking. So that would be awesome. 
Well, thank you most definitely. Again, I'm going to tune in and let you know. And most definitely, Denise, after your show air, we're going to have to do us another episode because we're going to have to talk about it. Yeah, you'll have to tell me what you think. <laughs> most definitely. I most definitely would love to give you, give you some live feedback, man, and just let you know. But you know what? Once again, thank you for come hanging out with me at the den. And ladies and gentlemen, if nobody told you that they love you today, your boy Isaac love you. And with that, peace. <laughs>